emails and, and complimentary feedback from investors who said that was fantastic. We love that. The great thing about it was it didn't cost me anything. If you're working with outside vendors, I mean, they're, they're pretty understanding and accommodating. They want you to succeed. Leverage your relationships, not only your sell side and buy side, but all your relationships um, with exchange as well. Welcome to the Exchange Feed podcast series. This is your host, Tanya Roundtree, Global Head of Client Success at TMX Group. On today's podcast, we're going to be exploring the topic of how to run an effective investor relations program on a small or shrinking budget. We have a few guests joining us today. Uh, Jason Fleury. Jason is the Director of Investor Relations at Painted Pony Energy, and he has over 18 years of investor relations and capital markets experience in the energy industry. Jason, thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Our next guest is Jennifer Langford. Jennifer is an IR consultant who brings a wealth of experience in marketing, communications, public relations, corporate development, and IR. Her professional background includes work with both public and private companies, ranging from startups to large caps. Jennifer, thanks for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. And our final guest is our very own Burke Suman, Head of Company Services based in Calgary. Burke has many years of experience as an in-house IR professional in the energy sector, and now he regularly advises our TSX and TSXV clients on best practices in IR. Burke, thank you for participating in today's podcast. Thanks for having me, Tanya. So let's get right into it. Um, Toronto Stock Exchange and TSX Venture Exchange have many micro and small cap issuers who need an effective investor relations program, while sometimes dealing with little or no budget, and perhaps often even without any designated IR staff. And during COVID-19 and, and other economic disruptions, we've also seen other companies not normally in that camp face a position where they've had to drastically cut costs. I thought we could begin pretty broadly in terms of answering what are some critical investor relations activities that companies should always make a priority, regardless of the situation. Maybe we can begin with Jennifer. Sure. I mean, I... It's really basic, but I think finding the platforms that your investors want to engage with you on is is critical and just fostering that two-way communication. It's it's basic, but it's it's so important. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Jason? Yeah, I would I would 100% agree. I think that uh, solid buy-side relationships, direct uh, contact with your investors is it's the bedrock of any solid investor relations program just just having the, those relationships with your with your uh, top shareholders uh so much flows from that and i think that it's it's a mistake that some folks in ir make which is just sort of this abdication to the to the sell side of those key relationships the, the, those relationships need to be independent and uh need to be strong and and to jennifer's point yeah engage with them on whatever makes them happiest the the investors mm -hmm. happiest but the engagement has to happen yeah, for sure. It's got to be a top priority. Um, so I wouldn't mind getting your thoughts, you know, where there isn't an IR um, expertise in-house. What, what third-party tools, you've, you've mentioned a little bit about tools being helpful. Um, maybe we can begin with Jason. What kind of tools have you found that have been useful for you in terms of accessing or, you know, being in touch with the buy side? 
Well, you know, I mean, if, if you don't have a dedicated IR function within in-house, um, you, using services like IPRIO or, or Q4's IR desktop or some kind of platform that gives you uh, a large, and, and these companies are, and there's others out there as well, but these companies are fairly well established and, and they've, they've got great databases of contact information and um, ways to track meetings, et cetera, uh, when you do meet with the buy side. And, um, you know, that, that's just a really a basic thing you can do. And, and they're not cheap mm-hmm. programs, but if you have, you know, limited dollars to spend, <clears throat> that's a great place to, to start spending it is, is having some kind of means of accessing who's who in the zoo uh, on the buy For side. Sure. For sure. And, and we see this a lot at the exchange. And Burke, maybe you can weigh in on some of this. Um, but there are tools, too, that are complementary that we have. Um, but maybe you can chime in a little bit, both from your experience being in-house at, at IR, in terms of what tools you found were useful, and maybe comment a little bit on, on what we have that's available. It's actually complementary. So for those companies that actually don't have IR support, in terms of capital going towards that kind of a program. Yeah, I mean, as, as Jason mentioned, um, there's great tools out there for ownership, for tracking your peers, um, tracking your trading. But one of the tools that, you know, we give complimentary to TSX and TSX Venture listed issuers is in, InfoSuite. And, you know, back when I was doing IR um, at corporates, we we use InfoSuite extensively. And it's such a great tool. It's, uh, it's essentially a mini Bloomberg uh, terminal for your uh, desktop. Um, you could track your ownership. You could analyze your peers. Um, there's total return calculator on there. Um, and it just goes really, really deep. And, um, you know, I had uh, one organization, our, our, our board on, uh, our CFO was using it. I was using it daily and it became an essential tool um, for us. Uh, in addition to that, you know, the exchange does have access to um, Capital IQ, to IPRIO. Um, we have access yeah. to trading data. So at any time, uh, if an issuer needs, um, you know, a bit more uh, intel into trading statistics, uh, peer ownership, you know, we could provide that as well. Yeah, totally true. Jennifer, I know you consult with a lot of companies of varying sizes. Is is there are there tools, you know, that that haven't been mentioned thus far or ones that you just want to say um, have been tremendously useful for you? No, I mean, I think uh, Jason and Burke really covered it off. The only thing I'll add is, you know, your executive team can do a lot on their own as well. They just have to to see the value and, and put that effort in putting effort into maintaining your materials and engaging with your investors. Yeah, you, you, you bring up an interesting um, aspect, which is some of the frustration that I know that we've heard, you know, whether it's conversations at Siri or, or other conversations with IR professionals, is how do you convince management that IR activities are still important during an economic downturn? Like, wh- how do you do that? Are, are there are there any any insights that any of you can share ab- about that aspect? Well, to be quite blunt, that's a <laughs> that's a constant battle. Um, <clears throat> some management teams just just get it and they get it right away. And some management teams sort of they, they need constant um, affirmation and they need constant convincing that what you're doing is adding value. And um, I've been very fortunate in the organizations I've worked with that uh, 
you know, there, there's at least some some kind of acknowledgement, whether it's base level or not, that that the IR function is is a necessary corporate function, and and then I just sort of take that ball and run with it, and then say you're always trying to find new and innovative ways to to add value, um, and I think that you know some management teams need that constant um, they need that constant convincing, but that's I guess that's one of the joys of investor relations is that you're uh, you're always trying to hop into different things within the organization and, and prove you the the value of the work you bring uh, uh, literally every day. Yeah, I completely I completely agree with Jason there. I've worked with management teams um, that get it. I've worked with ones that didn't get, um, and it is frustrating being an IRO. Um, I would argue that you know, even in a downturn, you always need someone to tell the story. Um, and yeah. that messaging becomes even more important. You need to respond and control your message. If you don't, investors are going to make up their own story. And you're going to see that on the stock blogs. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about managing your reputation and building credibility. Um, it's hard to gain, but super easy to lose. Um, one thing that I've found that works well in the past is just show them how your IR activities have been working. Um, that feedback yeah. loop between the street and management is is the most important way to show them your value. Definitely. Um, one I, question. I, just, sorry, to go ahead, in, just to follow on what, what Burke said, sorry, okay. <laughs> is, um, yeah, and I, and I think in a downturn or in a, you know, when, whether, and I'm in, obviously I'm in the energy business and it's a commodities business. And so, yes. yeah, sometimes it's booming <laughs> and sometimes it's not. And yeah. You know, I, I've I've gone to management teams, and I remember back, even going back 2009, early 2009, just after the meltdown in 2008. You know, and there was a real sentiment within the management team and the senior executive team that, you know, we should just get off the road and just let's be quiet. And and I just wanted to echo Burke's sentiment there. If you're, mm -hmm. I think that's the time you you need to go out. And and I was fortunate enough to have convinced the management team that, if anything, we need to redouble our efforts. We have to go out and say why we're still a good investment and why our strategy for the next 24 months to 36 months is the best use of capital. And these are the kind of returns we're going to generate. And here's our view on X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think that, that, you know, not only, and that's, I'm not just making that up out of thin air. You're, you're talking to the sell side and you're talking to the buy side and you're, you're trying to be that, that, that point that all these, all this, this data informa information sentiment flows to, so you can make sense of it and then go to your management team and say, listen, here's why I think we should do this strategy or that strategy. And, and there are times where, hey, you know what, let's get off the road. It's time to kind of regroup here, figure out the next plan. Now's not the time to be pushing the story. Um, it's rare, but those times do happen because uh, sometimes just the market's not receptive. But but I think generally speaking, that's again where, where IR is so important and uh, even though you know, you might be on, on reduced cash flow or earnings are a bit soft. The IR function is so very, very critical for public companies. Yeah, and I think, you know, the IR person usually has the best pulse on that sort of thing. And, yep. uh, and now more than ever, uh, upfront, transparent to a communication and, and even over communication is, is going to be your best ally. 100%. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe you can comment a little. Uh, you know, we've seen it certainly at the exchange, but obviously it's harder and harder to get in front of investors. But yet, in some ways, um, technology has has really been uh, leveled the playing field in some ways because you're able to really e efficiently 
um, meet with investors in some respects. I, I wanted to ask for those who are looking for cost-effective ways to engage with investors, I would imagine that some of the conferences and some of the digital strategies that we've seen might fall into that bucket. Would you agree? And, and if not, what, what are other cost-effective ways that you think in this kind of an environment one can engage with investors? Yeah, I've, I've seen uh, a lot of success with kind of the, the surgence of, uh, of webinars. So I, I do think mm -hmm. that people want to be engaging and, you know, there's there's low cost ways to, to go about that. It's, it's relationship management. Uh, it's just continuing mm -hmm. to communicate with your top investors. Yeah, and I, and I and at the risk of sounding really old, but um, uh, everything old is new again. I remember back, you know, even 2006 and seven, um, really trying to do as much front end work as I could. And, and oftentimes that was uh, with investors that might be, you know, the, you know, whether it's the group in, in Des Moines, Iowa or something like that, where you've got large, legit investors running a lot of capital mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's tough to sometimes convince the management team who who is comfortable and and they enjoy going to you know the investment conference in New York where they can meet with fifteen to twenty guys a day. It's tough sometimes to convince them to spend the money to go to these smaller markets that might have really solid, very good investors. And so mm -hmm. we'd often spend. I remember, like I say, back two thousand six, two thousand seven. You know, you'd have three, sometimes four conference calls with these folks and you'd set this up and, you know, you'd, you'd try to do all this front end work. And ultimately, if it got to the point where, yes, they wanted to have a face to face meetings, then you could go and do that. But if ultimately, you know, there wasn't a fit or, or there were changes uh, in terms of who, who the PMs were you know, then you weren't flying out to these different places and there's all these costs associated with this marketing only to have, you know, the whole thing kind of fall apart. So it's it's about, uh, you know, again, just, just sort of using the technology that's available, which, as I say, conference calls are fine. I mean, as fancy as all the <laughs> Zoom is and, yeah. and Microsoft Teams, et cetera, is it, it really at the end of the day, you're you're doing a conference call and um, a good solid IR program will have a lot of that front end work done before you drag management team out to, to sit across the table from an investor. Which is so important. Or can you weigh in on that one? I know you yeah, deal with this a lot. Yeah, I completely agree with Jennifer and, and Jason. Um, just to add to some things though, um, the website, the website is kind of the first line um, and most issuers already have a website, but, you need to add to it. So you have to make sure you have top-notch marketing collateral, whether it's presentations, fact sheets, pitch pieces. Um, we always like doing investor days. Um, they take a lot of work internally, but they're free. Um, so you could uh, you know, put your entire management team up there, get them face-to-face -face with, uh, with uh, the street. Um, typically, you know, you're in, in the energy side, uh, a lot of your VPs you know, don't have that access. So it's a great way for them to speak with the street. Um, we did a lot of cold calls as well. Um, you need to leverage your social media. And on the TSX side, you know, we have C-suite videos, which are complimentary. These are, you know, short five minute um, interviews with the C-suite. Um, they go, you know, we, we used to do that in Toronto now because of COVID, we're doing it uh, virtually. Um, so we release one uh, every morning, and those are complimentary. Um, we have our own investor days, uh, depending on your industry. 
Um, and also, you have the ability to control your narrative through TMX money. But, uh, you know, 1.5 million unique visitors there uh, per month. So you have the ability to really, you know, upload presentations and, um, and control your narrative through, through those um, exchange products. And not to pump uh, Burke's tires too much, but uh, you know, he convinced me to do one of those interviews at the C-suite, and we did one last uh, fall. And uh, once it was up on the the TSX uh, uh, YouTube channel, I linked it on my website, and and uh, uh, I've had so many complimentary. Uh, uh, emails and, and complimentary feedback from investors who said that was fantastic. We love that. The great thing about it was it didn't cost me anything, uh, yeah. but, but tons of um, uh, tons of good feedback on that front. So those types of opportunities, I think, so yeah. many issuers just just either fail to realize or don't think they add value, but but they really do. Yeah, you just said something that keeps me up at night, the add value part. And and I think one of the one of the shining spots of what we've been trying to pivot with with COVID is is as Burke has said, we've we've almost democratized this this sort of digital strategy that we've been able to provide for clients and it's not so Toronto centric. So it is awesome to see issuers in Edmonton and in Calgary and in Vancouver and Montreal and all over the country and around the world. We've actually recorded uh, some in Israel and some in California. And again, they're complimentary. So, and, and we have been hearing good feedback about that. I would just say too, what, you know, one of the things that people don't realize too is that we have some preferred uh, associations with conferences that that put our clients in front of investors around the world and so constantly seek out opportunities where there's you know a potential um, preferred pricing and and a model where we can help save on costs since we were kind of talking about that cost aspect of it I want to pivot a little bit here and ask an interesting question and I, I'm not sure what your answers will be um, if you were going to cut in some place, in your minds, what, what would be the one place that you can actually cut costs as uh, an IR professional? I, I mean, just as in terms of a strategy, I would recommend cutting in a few places rather than slashing one aspect of your efforts altogether. Uh, if you're working with outside vendors, I mean, they're, they're pretty understanding and accommodating. They want you to succeed. And so finding out, finding creative ways to, to create a win-win situation for both you and your vendors is usually achievable. Yeah, think a little strategically and smartly rather than yeah. outside the box. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll echo, yeah. Jennifer, I'll echo yeah. Jennifer there, um, you know, and, and Jason knows as well, you know, Jason does IR and energy. I did higher and energy. Um, we always had to find a way to reduce spend. Um, and those annual, you know, review of those services with those third parties, there's always typically room to cut costs with service providers. You might have to sign a bit of a longer contract um, or get creative, uh, but there's typically always, always room. And we used to do that annually. Um, travel is obviously um, one of the first things that we would typically cut, um, less people traveling. Um, and, you know, some of the smaller cap companies had company paid research. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you already have sell side analysts covering the story, then you might look at um, letting go of some of that company paid research okay. as well. I guess the challenge with that is that there are so few people now in that space, right? Um, it yeah. becomes harder and harder. Definitely. 
Yeah, and I, and I, if I can chime in as well, I just I'm kind of echo what Jennifer and Burke were just saying. But uh, yeah, it's it's going back to your vendors and you know and trying. And, yeah. and I think most vendors get it when you say, "Listen, I'm getting squeezed on my budget. I've got to trim something along the way here. What is the best deal you can give me? Can we pare back on some of the? Because most vendors offer an a la carte service, which is well, can we take the the logo off the prep or whatever it is? But um, right. uh, can there's something we can do there and most and i haven't met one yet vendors will will acknowledge that and they recognize because they hear it every day um there's always a bit of room to move and i think you know again i i was able to to let go of a few things just by spending some time on tsx info suite and finding out man there is a ton of really good stuff in here i don't need to pay somebody else for I'm getting their core service, but if I add on this and this and this to it, now it's up the bill, but I get all this trading information, et cetera. Well, I get it free, quote unquote free, we're paying for it, but um, through our listing on the TSX, yeah. well, you know, don't double pay for things. And, and I think just understanding what, um, uh, and I know at the company I'm at now, you know, prior to arrival, there wasn't an understanding of just what TSX Info Suite could do and once you know you really dig into it there's a lot there so so don't double pay for things i think is the big mm -hmm. thing and just be very very cautious on what exactly do you get where you're with your subscriptions or with your um uh the programs you're taking part in and and making sure you're getting the best bang for your bucket at all times yeah and lo looking to and examining um, you know, what might exist from a complementary perspective, wherever sure. that might lie with yeah. uh, with your partners. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, we're, we're running, we're, surprisingly, we're, we're running out of time. Um, this has been a really good chat. Maybe we could end just with this one final question for each of you. Um, what is the one piece of advice that you would give issuers who have small budgets or are suddenly facing a budget that's been reduced? I know Burke mentioned it earlier, but for me, keeping your materials in top-notch shape, uh, you just lose yeah. such huge credibility points if they see information that's outdated or things are looking a little rough around the edges. Uh, all of a sudden, you you've lost you've you've lost that confidence. And you can control it, right, Jennifer? Like it's the one thing that you can you can actually uh, maintain or should be maintaining for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I would say that, that, you know, leveraging the sell side is, is a big thing that I, that I always really push hard for folks, which is, yeah. you know, if, whether it's the banks or the broker dealers, whoever it is, um, you know, you don't need to have a Bloomberg terminal. You can, you, on the one-off chance that, you know, you need to get a, a piece of data, you can call somebody and, you know, and get them to, to maybe funnel that to you. Um, whether it's, you know, you don't have to pay an agency for investor targeting and geography, trying to talk to the sales and trading desks, get get that information, that get investor intel, get us, yeah. you know, be the sentiment barometer and, and really, you know, you don't have to pay for everything. A lot of it is out there, but it just takes a little bit of legwork. A little bit of digging, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with both Jennifer and, and Jason. Uh, just to summarize it, you know, I, I would say leverage your relationships, not only your sell side and buy side, but all your relationships um, with exchange as well. Um, you know, we have a lot of products there to offer. 
and um, we're we're here to help and embrace technology. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you all. You know, on behalf of our 3,200 publicly traded companies that trade on our exchanges who need varying support, I, I really want to thank you for sharing your insights and helping them navigate this topic. And we certainly appreciate you taking the time and contributing in the way that you have. So, and we also want to wish you well, stay healthy, stay well, and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you.